On this episode, I talk about the D-Hop landing spots, Dalvin Cook landing spots, and possible fantasy studs right here on No Playbook. This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by LTT Productions. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, even tell your grandma. Get the word out about LTT and we can watch this thing grow together. Do you like to read? Do you like sports? Then you'll love theschemefit.com. Friends of the show, Kyler Gammon, Eli Grimes, Branton Beard, and John Cribbs, host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pountain, all write about everything sports, including their favorite teams. Get inside information on the Steelers, Bears, Eagles, Rams, and Dolphins, as well as some other content. Thank you to the Scheme Fit for partnering for this podcast. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. 235 days later, ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Give me the Michael Jordan tagline, I'm back don't mind the squeaky chair don't mind the faulty audio i'm recording all, all of this at home um i do know one thing though i need to put a shirt on so i will be right back Alrighty, righty i'm back i was making me a drink for the podcast and spilt it all over my other shirt so here we are but man how are you doing i man i've been waiting to talk to you for quite some time a bunch of nfl stuff has been going on especially here recently so we will keep it to the more recent stuff so today, like I mentioned, we'll be doing D-Hop landing spots, Dalvin Cook landing spots, possible fantasy studs, at least from my end, uh, my new fantasy team. And before we get into it, uh, or the last thing that we'll get to is the NFC predictions brought to you by myself. So let's go ahead. Let's dive right in. DeAndre Hopkins, you are a patriot. I am sorry to tell you that, but it just makes the most sense. If they want to get the most out of Juju Smith-Schuster, which everybody does, <clears throat> they need to go out and get a number one receiver like DeAndre Hopkins. Going back to Juju Smith-Schuster's days in Pittsburgh, he was most effective when he had Antonio Brown there, whenever he could play second fiddle to Chase Claypool. He's never been a number one. He never will be a number one. And I've kind of seen it from day one. Um, you know, my buddy Branton, he's a Steelers fan. We would, used to talk about it all the time about how Juju is just not a number one. He will never be, you know, and, and that's just something that, you know, he's just got to take. There's nothing wrong with not being a number one. There's just, you know, number one guys are just built different, and Juju's not built like a number one guy. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins, for everybody's sake, should go to the Patriots. Um, I know that he's flirted with Tennessee. Uh, it just doesn't make sense, especially if he's trying to win. Well, if he's trying to win, let me take that back. He just shouldn't be a Patriot or a Titan. He should be more along the lines of a 49er, of a Eagle, of a Bill, of a Chief. All teams that could use a possible number one, two, or three receiver in DeAndre Hopkins could slide right in there. Um, again, if... If we're talking strictly money-wise, I think he will end up being a Patriot. Um, I think that would be best for him, for Bill, for the entire Patriot organization, for his career, even just on a one-year deal, kind of like something OBJ got. Um, you know, I think even the Ravens might try to slide in there. I doubt that they do, but I think that would be really good to have OBJ and DeAndre kind of get, you know, Lamar's two guys that he really wanted going into, um, you know, his contract extensions. 
And so I really think that DeAndre should sign with the Patriots. Um, it, it would add another element to that offense and, um, you know, not outside of just Ramondre Stevenson and Juju, because Juju, he'll probably get you six to 800 yards of receiving. But if you want him to go, maybe – I don't know if the Patriots offense is built anymore to get you two guys that go over a thousand, but DeAndre Hopkins will probably give you about 13 to 14,000 or hundred, excuse me. And then Juju will probably give you around the same, maybe six to 800. You may flirt with a thousand with 960 something, but, um, Mac Jones at the helm again, Brian, Bill O'Brien back calling plays in new England. I think it just makes perfect sense to go out and get you a number one dominant guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. Next on the agenda, I wanted to talk about Dalvin Cook landing spots. Uh, he's come out and said that he would prefer to play in Miami. My fantasy team would also like for him to play in Miami. He's been flirted with the Jets, which just wouldn't make sense to me. You have Brees Hall. I don't know if Michael Carter's still there, but I don't think he I think he is. So you don't need another running back, even if, you know, it's just adding talent, which Brees Hall is just a better version of Dalvin. Well, maybe not a better version, at least yet. He's just a version of Dalvin Cook. He's a good runner. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. And then you have him and Michael Carter to add that one two punch to give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of time to throw. Dalvin Cook, again. It, not to you know speculate on anything you're a dolphin buddy i hate to break it to you but that's just the team that makes the most sense for you in this time in your career they need a, a good number one running back to um again take the pressure off of Tua because raheem mostert jeff wilson they're not getting it done go be a dolphin that offensive line they've worked on it, it it's pretty decent um you know, Teron Armstead, and that's really all everybody that I can name on that deep often or that uh, Dolphins offensive line. But I mean, it's a pretty decent group. Yes, they did get let Tua get killed last year, but that was just a couple of bad plays. Um, you know, it's just if it was anybody else, they'd just be two more sacks. But since Tua had the concussion problems, you know, we shine more light on that group. And it, it really should just come down to picking the best spot for you at this point in your career. Going back to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, the Patriots just seem like the best fit for him, and the Dolphins seem like the best fit for uh, Dalvin Cook. They did come out and or Dalvin came out and said that he'd love to play with DeAndre, and I bet you you would. But you're gonna go back to New England and be a, a number two guy to Ramondre Stevenson? I don't think so. Miami would really be one of the top landing spots for him in order to be another number one back. I mean, just going down the NFC lines, you want to be a Cardinal. No, the Rams, the 49ers, they have their guy. The Eagles are always a running back by committee, so you can go there and compete, but you're not going to get the touches. Um, let's see, Dallas has Pollard. Um, the Commanders have their running backs. The Giants have Saquon, and if they don't have Saquon, they have a rookie that they just drafted. I mean, you know, again, we can shine light on every NFC team. It just it makes sense to go out AFC style, go be a Dolphin. You know, the Vikings, they cut you. Everybody in the NFC North has a running back. Everybody in NFC South, as far as I know, has a running back. You know, it it's really just smart to stay AFC, go Miami, and be the number one guy 
you know, sign a one-year, you know, I think he wants like $14 million, whatever Miami, pay him his money, and then go out and sign a massive contract after having a great year for the Dolphins next offseason. Because, again, it's just a one-year deal. You're not going to be there for three, four, five years unless you're going to sign that big of an extension. And I doubt the Dolphins are willing to give an injury-prone running back, you know, a six-year deal or a four-year deal even if he's not going to be willing to show you that he can stay healthy at least just for one season at first. So the Dolphins, go out and sign Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, go out and be a Dolphin. Let's just make this marriage happy and make my fantasy team happy just as much so. Do you like to read? Do you like sports? Then you'll love theschemefit.com. Friends of the show, Kyler Gammon, Eli Grimes, Branton Beard, and John Cribbs, host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, all write about everything sports, including their favorite teams. Get inside information on the Steelers, Bears, Eagles, Rams, and Dolphins, as well as some other content. Thank you to the Scheme Fit for partnering for this podcast. I am in the process of writing an article for theschemefit.com, as you heard the promo. In the beginning of the thing, at least. Don't know where I've thrown it anywhere else yet. You know, just recording-wise. But uh, I wanted to give you probably about four guys. Because I've got probably about 10 to 12 here. Uh, so if you want to go check out the full list, my article won't be out yet on the skinfit.com. But when it does drop, go out, check it out, follow me on all my socials. And, uh, you know, go read the dang article. Don't be dumb. Go read the damn article. Again, that's theschemefit.com. T-H-E-S-C-H-E-M-E-F-I-T.com. Theschemefit.com. So, again, I want to give you four guys. I'm going to go two. Well, let's let's go six, actually. I apologize. Two guys from each category. I have them ranked awake, dozing off, and fully asleep. Because if you're a fantasy sleeper, you know, you kind of get the play on words there. My only two guys for awake right now are Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Let's be real here. Cooper Cup would have been the number one wide receiver if he would have stayed healthy. Averaging 21 points per game in the, I think, nine games that he played last year, he would have beat Justin Jefferson for number one wide receiver by probably about 10 points, if I did the math correctly. Um, you know, Cooper Cup, he's a stud. Uh, he's going to get the same targets, if not more, with uh, Matthew Stafford and this offensive line getting revamped. He's just going to come out. He's going to be a number one wide receiver yet again. There's really no hiding it at this point. Um, he's not the number one receiver in the league that goes to Jettas. He might not be two because you got Devontae there. And I'm a guy who likes to see guys go out and be great for multiple years. Yeah, Cup, he had, he had a good 2021, a great 2021, a Hall of Fame 2021. And he was on pace to have a Hall of Fame 2022 but got hurt. So if he can come out here, establish himself as, again, one of the top receiving threats in the entire NFL, he'll be put back in my top three. But right now, he's not there. He's really not. And I'm a Rams fan, you know, and I'll go to battle, you know, for Cooper Cup. He does everything that none of these receivers do. He blocks. He blocks like a motherfucking tight end. Okay, he's a George Kittle of receivers. He lays great run blocks. He's so good at run blocking that they design plays based on him fake run blocking and then going out and catching a pass. That is how good of a run blocker he is. Him and Robert Woods were two of the are two of the best in the entire league at run blocking. And that's why I'm so excited to see Cam Akers this year. Um, you know, because he's a run blocking guy. Like, uh, or excuse me, he's going to be followed behind Cooper Cup. So, Cooper Cup should have wide receiver one potential. I don't see him going anywhere 
spot, you know, unless he gets hurt again, he won't finish as anywhere below a wide receiver five. So, uh, and then going to Jonathan Taylor, they, the Colts were just a dumpster fire last year. Frank Reich, he's awesome. I do love Frank Reich. I think he's going to be great in Carolina. But at this point in the, you know, at this point in Jonathan Taylor's career, he was another guy who had another great 2021. 2022, he was nowhere near as good, and that's just the offensive line had trouble. Um, I think the guys lost faith in Frank Reich, you know, after giving him 7,000 backup quarterbacks and guys that have, you know, aged out of the league three years ago. They were finally done with Frank Reich, so I, it was a good decision to go separate ways because I'm on Team Frank Reich here. You don't bring in Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Kobe Brissett, and be like, go win us a ring. You, you just you just can't do that anymore. Um, Anthony Richardson sticking with the Colts is one of my favorite picks. Uh, Shane Steichen, my favorite hire. Um, he should create a lot of lanes for Jonathan Taylor. Anthony Richardson should as well. You know they're going to run a lot. I would assume of these RPOs, uh, some draws, some read options. You know to where Richardson can either keep it or he can go to Taylor. And with Richardson's speed and his ability, he should be able to get good yardage. So they're going to pay more attention to Richardson. It's going to open the door for Jonathan Taylor. And bada bing, bada boom, you have Jonathan Taylor as a top ten running back yet again in the league. So he's been a stud. He I don't think he's finished below. Uh, actually, I can look. Let me give me one second here. I know he hadn't finished below wide uh, running back so, such and such uh, up until last year. Um, yeah, he hadn't finished outside of the top five in his three-year career minus that, you know, last year. So two out of the three years, he's been a running back, you know, top five running back in the fantasy world. He should pick that up again, if not be right, like right outside of it. Again, with Shane Steich in there, I don't see any reason why Jonathan Taylor is not going to get 300-plus touches um, for the Colts this season. Dozing off, going a category below. Listen to me, okay? I want to talk to you, microphone man, to person listening. I'm so goddamn high on the Commanders this year. Eric Bieniemy, one of my favorite hires. I think that he's going to do wonders, wonders for this Commander offense. And you'll see that in my NFC predictions. T Scary Terry's got to be here. Scary Terry has just got to be here. Coming off of a top 15 season at Fantasy, I have him finishing as maybe a top. Let me let me look. Let me go back. You know, let me calm down. Am I have I gotten a scary Terry in my article yet? I don't think I have. Jokes on me, I have. I think he's got wide receiver ten plus. You know, I think he'll finish as wide receiver ten or above in that category. Um, he's just a stud. You know, yes, you can tell me that Sam Howell will be throwing him the ball, but Sam Howell's got a rocket of an arm. Scary Terry has got a rocket feet. You know, they should connect on a couple of deep passes, you know, especially coming out of Eric Bieniemy's system. Um, I kind of view him more as a Tyreek Hill role, you know, at this point in Bieniemy's system. And you know what happened with Tyreek Hill, first ballot Hall of Famer when he retires in a couple of years. So not saying that Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are anything like Sam Howell and Scary Terry, but that's the type of production I'm expecting to see from Scary Terry. Sam Howell, maybe maybe a little bit like that. He'll be a little bit down the board here for me. But, yeah, Sam Howell and Scary Terry, two of my favorite, favorite, favorite guys uh, going into fantasy this next year. Another guy I have, Garrett Wilson. Okay. 
Wilson finished as wide receiver 21 last year. I think he's going to win Offensive Player of the Year this year. Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. Get a massive upgrade at quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. That should skyrocket his draft stock. So he'll probably go in the first round. If not, maybe in the top 10 picks. You know, if I'm a dynasty person, he's probably my two or my probably my, one of my top five picks for sure. And for those that don't know what dynasty is, dynasty is you draft a team and you keep that same team every year. Unless, you know, you make trades, you do this, you do that. But that same core of guys you have there. So you want to draft young in fantasy or excuse me, in dynasty. I took Justin Jefferson last year with my, I had the number one overall pick, tried to trade down with everybody. Nobody wanted to trade down. I took Justin Jefferson number one overall, and it has proved me greatly. So I know what I'm talking about. You can come on here and tell me, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Let me, let me, let me give you a little bit of a history here, buddy. Yeah, I took Justin Jefferson number one overall over Jonathan Taylor. Um, I took Brees Hall as one of my number one running backs in the draft. You know, he was my number one running back in his draft class. I have him. I had took Christian McCaffrey in 2019 before he went on to have almost 500 fantasy points. And I drafted Josh Allen in 2019 again, where he went from quarterback 21 to quarterback eight. So uh, I, I know a little bit of what I'm talking about, especially when it comes to fantasy wise, just little things like that. I think Scary Terry, I think he's got a massive upside potential. But man, Garrett Wilson, he could finish as a top three receiver and it would not surprise me. Again, I don't have him any lower than wide receiver 10 this year. There's a massive, massive dip off once you get to Garrett Wilson. Um, I Again, offensive rookie of the year last year. I think he's going to win offensive player of the year this year with high new quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's going to get the touches. He's going to be kind of like a Devontae Adams guy for Aaron Rodgers, and I can't wait to see you know where he goes. Uh, I also lied. I'm going to give you one more person here. Uh, fully asleep. That's the last ranking. Sam Howell. I talked about it. He may not. He may go undrafted this year and finish as a top 15 quarterback. I mean, he's just. He's going to get all, you know, he's going to get every every touch. He's the number one quarterback for the commanders this year going into training camp, going into mini camp, going into the season. He's going to be the guy to beat out. And Eric Bieniemy said that he's his guy, like that's his guy that he's riding with. So it, it really should not surprise anybody. Again, you're going to see here whenever we get to my NFC predictions, when I go, you know, quickly game by game for every NFC team that he's going to be. You know, one of the big reasons that I have the commanders finishing at eight and nine, nine and eight, ten and seven, whatever I have them finishing at, but I don't have them last in that division. I really don't. You're going you're gonna to see why. I'm teasing it now, but you're going to see exactly how much faith I have in this commander's offense, and Sam Howell is a big reason for it. So if you can get Sam Howell very late in the draft as a QB3, you know I don't want him, I don't want you picking him as a QB1 or a QB2. Get him at a QB3. He should give you QB2 value, and you can come back here one year later and thank me for it because you will. Do you like to read? Do you like sports? then you'll love theschemefit.com. Friends of the show, Kyler Gammon, Eli Grimes, Branton Beard, and John Cribbs, host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, all write about everything sports, including their favorite teams. Get inside information on the Steelers, Bears, Eagles, Rams, and Dolphins, as well as some other content. Thank you to The Scheme Fit for partnering for this podcast.
I don't remember if I uh, mentioned this on any of my podcasts before, but I have a daughter. Her name is Parker Iridessa. Love her with all my heart. Um, I mentioned that because now we're going to look at my fantasy team, the Pippi Noodleheads. <laughs> That's the name of her of my team. Uh, I have a picture of her with a spaghetti noodle on her head, and that's where the Pippi Noodleheads come from. So, made a bunch of trades, a bunch of trades I regret, no worries. Uh, so, I'm going to go through my starters and my bench, and then my injured reserve or suspended people, and then my taxi squad, which is basically just where our rookies go, and, you know, unless I have, I have a rookie up here starting, but uh, either way, let's go ahead and let's start with my quarterback one, Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's a stud, love him so much. He's going to be, he's only 23, finished as QB8 last year, going to be a stud. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, already talked about him, think he's going to be great this year. I somehow ended up with Justin Jefferson and Jonathan Taylor, yes, um, the guy was ready to get rid of Jonathan Taylor. I threw him an offer. Let me tell you what let me tell you what the offer was. It was Christian Kirk, Darnell Mooney, Ramondre Stevenson, and a first round pick that I ended up eventually uh I traded him a first round pick in our draft for him. So uh, then I have Jameer Gibbs. Uh I I've been wrapped on Jameer Gibbs since Dan Campbell came out and said that he's gonna be our Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara has finished actually I can tell you because I'm playing yeah, it has Alvin Kamara finished as as running back 19, 9, 2, 17, 4, 4. So if I can get running back 20 uh, from Jameer Gibbs just this season, I'd be happy. Uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously number one wide receiver in the entire league. Uh, my only non-touchable person, he's 24. Would have finished as wide receiver two if Cup hadn't gotten hurt, but had 368 points last year. Has never finished outside the top six as a receiver. So, I mean, like I said, I picked him round one, pick one. August 1st, 2022 by Fountain18 with pick 1.01. That's my guy. I did have Cooper Cup here, but traded him for a little bit more depth. So I have Jerry Judy, one of the guys that I think are going to be massive in the Denver Broncos success and one of my fantasy sleepers. Uh, Mark Andrews, good old Marky Mark. I think the um, I'm really high on the Ravens passing game. So I had Lamar and I traded Lamar for again, so a little bit more depth. And so I went out and got Mark Andrews because I don't want to have a quarterback and a receiver and a, or a quarterback and a um, you know tight end on my on the same team starting at the same time. So. Uh, you're going to see that I'm breaking my rules here in a minute. I have Scary Terry, uh, again, one of my guys to boom or bust this year. Brees Hall, hopefully he's healthy for the start of the season. Sam Howell, yes, I have him starting, but I have another quarterback down the way, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and the Denver Broncos as my defense. So Scary Terry, Brees Hall, Sam Howell, they're all my flexes. We do run a super flex, which allows me to have two quarterbacks. And then the Denver Broncos is my defense. There is a guy in our league, though, that has the 49ers defense and the Dolphins defense. So I'll be talking to him very soon about that. Going into my bench players, uh, Mac Jones, I think he's going to have a really good year. Uh, he finished as the quarterback 18 uh, in his rookie year and quarterback 23. So if they get DeAndre Hopkins, then... I think he's going to be very good for me. I have Eric Gray here. He'll be released if they re-sign Saquon. Um, Dalvin Cook, again, traded a second and a third round pick for him. Cam Akers, a part of my 
uh, Devontae Adams deal. I did have Devontae Adams and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm I'm done with trades. Um, Cam Akers, I think he's going to finish as a top ten back this year, and then I plan on trading that motherfucker. Um, he was a he had the best year of his career. Finished the year with six straight hundred yard games. I think he's going to be a stud. I have the brothers Dalvin and James Cook. Um, twenty three years old. You know, should go in as running back one this year. As far as for the Duff, for the Buffalo Bills, um, they say he's slated to work alongside Damian Harris, but I don't think so. I think James Cook will eventually beat him out. I also have Rondale Moore. He should get wide receiver one this year. Wide receiver one touches at least. Um, now that DeAndre Hopkins is gone, uh, how far he goes with that, who knows. But traded a third-round pick for him. If anything, he'll be released. Kadarius Toney, another guy I think can go boom or bust. Yet to have a really healthy season. Yet to play over 10 games. But if any team is going to get the most out of him, it'll be the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. <clears throat> have John Mechie here as well. Um, again, people were really high on him when he was drafted. Got cancer. Beat it. Thank God. So he's back and he's good to go. Um, you know, if anything, he'll be cut if he's not producing. But, um, you know, I think he can be really good for me here. And then Christian Watson. Um I think that he finished off the season really well, finished as wide receiver 25. Uh, look, Taking a look at his game log, let me look here. Uh, he finished as wide receiver 13, 91, 40, and 48, but he did have that stretch where he was wide receiver 3, wide receiver 8, wide receiver 10, wide receiver 8. You know, I mean, he dropped, I think he had, no, he had a 32-point game against Dallas in Week 10, but has a bunch of upside. If he can consistently be great, then he's going to be a steal for me. Again, he was in my tier, McLaurin, Christian Watson, and a third, and then I traded away Lamar Jackson to Tank Dell. Uh, my injured reserve is none other than Gamble Boy, Jamison Williams. I was really excited to get him on my team, and this motherfucker gambled away his season. I think he's out six games, but everything, yeah, he's out six games, but everything I've read and everything that's on Sleeper, he's saying that he's a stud going into year two. All right, now taking a look at my taxi squad. These are all my rookies. Michael Wilson, he was drafted by the Cardinals at 94. Uh, don't know where he was out of, but uh, Stanford. But again, just a receiver for the Cardinals. Somebody's got to step up. I think it could be him. Anthony Richardson, I did say he was my favorite pick. I took him with the fourth overall pick in my rookie draft. Michael Mayer, a guy I'm really high on. Um, as far as Jimmy G loves to throw to his tight ends, uh, Josh McDaniels loves his tight ends in his system, so I think this could be a guy that's going to be good. And Puka Nakua, the Rams' um, sixth-round pick, I think. Um, I think he can be a good wide receiver, too, for them next year. I don't know if this this is probably a year he just rides the bench, but if the Rams do decide to blow it up, he's been really impressive. He gives me Cooper Cup vibes just off of the highlights I've seen of him. So very excited for Puka Nakua um, and his draft stock as well. So, uh, okay, so right before we go back to commercial break, I have things from all three of the boys. John didn't send anything in. But I have Eli with the Bears, John, or excuse me, Eli with the Bears, Kyler with the Eagles, Brayton with the Steelers. Let's go ahead and go in that order. So Brayton, wow, I'm really dumb. So Eli, take it away with your Bears mini cap. 
What's up, everybody that's listening to the No Playbook podcast brought to you by the man, the myth, the legend, Drew Pounton. I'm Eli. I'll be talking some Bears. I'm the go-to Bears fan in the, the whole whole group here. So to really put it into perspective, the main storyline around the Bears and Justin Fields in particular is whether or not the guy is the franchise quarterback, the guy, can he pass that whole narrative? I'll tell you this that Justin Fields has always been able to throw the football and everyone's really going to see some more consistency this season from the offense as a whole. The the record last year didn't really reflect how close we were in a lot of games. I believe it was like seven or eight one-score games that we just couldn't finish because of our receiving core, the offensive line, what have you. It always just seemed to fall apart. But this season, there should be a lot more consistency along the offense just because of the significant upgrades we've made, not only in the receiving room, but the offensive line. The addition of Nate Davis, uh, he's gonna play a right guard for us this season from Tennessee. That's, uh, that was our first really major addition to the offensive line in free agency. He should solidify the interior for us. Uh, Cody Whitehair played some guard last season. We're gonna move him back to center. He played for us. He played at center for us in 2018, the year the Bears went 12-4, and and he showed a lot of promise. So Poles and the whole coaching staff are moving him back to center, so that should help us further solidify that interior. Tevin Jenkins had his best year last year, just struggled with some injuries. He's been doing a lot of exercises to help uh, strengthen his back. He's going to play at left guard this year. Um, The development of left tackle Braxton Jones, he was a rookie last year, fifth-round pick. And he really impressed, so we're looking for him to have a big year this year. And at right tackle, as everybody knows, the Bears selected Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. He's going to play right tackle for us. He's impressed in training camp. Obviously, not training camp, but uh, OTAs and rookie minicamp and stuff like that. Obviously, no pads, so you can't really get an entire field for how the offensive line looks, but there's a lot of optimism. Uh, the, the Probably the biggest storyline for the Bears this offseason has been the Justin Fields to DJ Moore connection, which is way ahead of schedule from what everyone, what everything that's coming out of minicamp and OTAs has sounded like. That connection is real and it's going to be shown this season. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about it like they should be. Cole Komet and Justin Fields have been further developing their chemistry. One thing to watch out for for the wide receiver room is the health of Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool because Darnell Mooney suffered an injury late last season. He hasn't uh, gone full up to speed yet. He held out. He didn't hold out. He didn't participate in a lot of the OTA practices just because of that injury. Um, Coach Eberflus says that he should be 100% by training camp uh, in late July, so we'll see how that goes. You never really know how injuries go, but as far as Chase Claypool, um, most of what Bears fans and the whole organization has heard that it's just the soft tissue stuff. He just hasn't been able to really get on the field that much. So it's really make or break for him this year because we drafted Tyler Scott, who could easily also be a Darnell Mooney replacement if he if he can't go. But if Chase Claypool really doesn't produce this season, he's probably going to be the odd man out because that Fields and Darnell Mooney connection is just really that's that's fields that's been his go-to guy ever since his rookie season and that chemistry 
if Mooney is healthy, he's not going anywhere. So um, defensively, not a whole lot to talk about other than the fact that the rookie cornerback Tyreek Stevenson seems like he's pretty well already locked up that right cornerback position alongside Jalen Johnson. And Kyler Gordon, a rookie last year, struggled early, kind of developed along the way. He's primarily going to be playing in the nickel spot for us this year. Um, Jaquan Brisker at strong safety, and Eddie Jackson's going to be at free safety. So that really rounds out the the uh, secondary there. The linebacking core has been a huge upgrade from last season after the Roquan trade. Jermaine Edmonds, massive, massive addition. Uh, he's going to be the leader of this defense this year, at least for the front seven. And um, the addition of TJ Edwards from Philadelphia and Jack Sanborn playing the Sam linebacker, it's going to be a pretty good core. The only thing about this defense is rushing the passer. It's really going to be a lot of hopeful rookie production, but that might be the thing that holds the Bears back this year. But I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as a lot of people think. They did improve a lot, and I think they can easily be an eight-win team. I think the floor this year is six, and that's that's a big if, because if Justin Fields makes the step that everybody thinks he does, that everybody thinks he's going to make just from the improvement he, he's had this offseason, I think the Bears can turn some heads and really look pretty good headed into 2024. So that's all I got for the Bears. Good luck to everybody this season, and keep listening to the No Playbook Podcast. The Eagles have had a very interesting offseason, if you ask me personally. To start off with with some of the bigger changes, they lose both of their def- uh, offensive and defensive coordinators, so they have to replace those along with you know, a lot of key free agent pieces from that Super Bowl run team. Uh, you're looking at, first of all, for the coordinators, the offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, who made him and, him, him and Nick Sirianni made Jalen Hurts to what he is. And that's a huge loss for the Eagles, but they replace him with an in-house uh, promotion. Brian Johnson, who, who was the quarterback's coach last year for Jalen Hurts, is now the offensive coordinator. And it's going to be interesting to see how he calls plays, see what he learned from Shane Steichen last year. And that's going to be one of the bigger key pieces to look at going into the going into the upcoming season. But the big one, the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, for finally, thank the Lord, left Philadelphia, which he had a little bit of a tampering issue. I guess he wanted to leave uh, pretty quickly. Uh, what a what a what a guy I I, I'd I'd rather say not anything mean but um he left for the Arizona job and so now to replace him is Sean Desai who I'm actually very excited for I think he's going to bring some fresh additions to the Eagles team fresh formations he's going to move a lot of guys around and uh, and then as far as the defense that's leading into my next talking point um, which is the NFL draft and reloading and retooling um the Eagles somehow some way Ended up with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith in the first round. And let me tell you, I could not be more ecstatic. Like, I am stoked of how the, the Eagles' whole draft went. I, th- I think I think Howard Roseman had, like, an A, A-minus draft, if you want my honest opinion. He nailed round one, and then from there, it was just pieces upon pieces. And I could not be any more excited for this team. Fletcher Cox comes back. 
uh, returning veteran on that defensive line as well. Brandon Graham's coming back as well. Two two veteran guys who are going to help out the younger guys a lot. And then also Hassan Reddick, who had a tremendous season last year, is still going to be at, at, at the defensive helm. As the defense stands, as of right now, the only worries of mine are linebacker and safety. Those two pieces really, really just, I think that those, especially linebacker, there just has to be an upgrade made. But I, I think at both positions, both upgrades needed to be made. But, but more so a linebacker. And as far as the offense goes, the only real question mark is right guard. And the Eagles drafted a guard in Tyler Steen out of Alabama. And then we also drafted uh, Cam Jurgens, who who was supposed to be Jason Kelsey's replacement, but could potentially slide in at that right guard spot as well. But other than that, um, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus, I think I think I think I got that right. Um, he's actually going to be in like that Zach Pascal role from last year as well. But as far as the offense goes, it's just the core pieces, ready to run it back, ready to be as explosive as they were last year. And I've got high hopes for this team. I think if I, th- I think anything but a conference championship appearance for this team is pretty much a failed season or kind of a letdown season. And listen, I know Dallas is really good and San Francisco is really good, but I just think the Eagles are just or at, even even as of today, I think you could argue that the Eagles are just a better team than those teams. So again, looking for another run, looking to maybe get over the hump and hopefully get that Super Bowl win for Jalen Hurts and the gang. And if that happens, I will be very, 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 very happy. So just just want to give an overview of the Eagles and their offseason so far. Can't wait for the season to start and for training camp to start. Go Birds. This is Brandon Beard giving you the update on the Pittsburgh Steelers here in this offseason. Obviously, in the draft, they went and took their first pick on a left tackle, Broderick Jones. Jones is going to be leading out the left side of the offensive line as he works to beat out Dan Moore in training camp to get that starting job. The other big news surrounding the Steelers for this offseason surrounds the secondary. The Steelers completely redid their quarterback position, bringing in quarterbacks. Patrick Peterson, Joy Porter Jr., and drafting in the seventh round, Corey Trice. So Joy Porter Jr. and Corey Trice both showing out at training camp thus far, or OTAs, excuse me, but soon to be training camp. Patrick Peterson, of course, a veteran looking to end his career on a high note and can also lead the way for these young rookies. The other thing the Steelers did this offseason is completely revamp their middle linebacking core. They brought in a couple of new faces along with Mark Robinson last season, Seventh round pick out of Maryland as he looks to improve heading into this season. Steelers training camp officially starts on July 27th. Until then, we'll keep you updated on all things with Steelers sports. Stay tuned. Alrighty, so thank you again to the boys for being a part of the LTT production crew. Uh, Brandon's first time, but everybody else you should know. Alright. So going through my NFC predictions, um, we got 16 teams here. No sugarcoating them. So we're going to start in the NFC East. I'm going to give you the game. going to give you the outcome. Then I'll tell you a little bit about what I think this team can be. Um, well, actually, no, I won't do that. If you want to go full and see why I have these teams ranked that they do, go to theschemefit.com. I released this article already. And Predicting the record of every NFC team. I sat down this article. These articles took me about a month to do. I did the NFC, AFC playoffs and award predictions. So four total articles. So go over there and damn it, read them. So we're going to start with the defending NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. 
at the Patriots, win. First, the Vikings win. At Bucks, win. Versus the Commanders, win. At Rams, win. At Jets, versus the Dolphins, both losses. At the Commanders, versus the Cowboys, both wins. Week 10 is a bye. Week 11 is at the Chiefs in the Super Bowl rematch. I think they lose that one again. Uh, versus the Bills, versus the Niners, both wins. At the Cowboys, I have them splitting, so give me the loss. At Seahawks, first Giants, first Cardinals, at Giants, all four of those wins, resulting in a 13-4 season from the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, going toward the Cowboys, at Giants, win. First the Jets, loss. At Cardinals, first Patriots, wins. At 49ers in Week 5, that's a loss. Then they took go back on the road to L.A. to get a win in, against the Chargers, Week 7, that's a bye. Week 8 versus the Rams, win. Week 9 at the Eagles, loss. Um, week 10 at the Giants. Week 11 at the Patriot or Panthers, both wins. Week 12 versus the Commanders. Week 13 versus the Seahawks, both losses. Versus the Eagles at the Bills, both wins. At the Dolphins versus the Lions, both losses. And at the Commanders, give me a win. Giants, week 1, Cowboys loss. Cardinals win. 49ers loss, Seahawks win, Dolphins loss, Bills, Commanders wins, Jets loss, Raiders win, uh, Jets, or excuse me, Cowboys and Commanders in weeks 10 and 11, both losses, Patriots win, uh, then week 13 they have their bye, week 14 against the Packers, week 15 at the Saints, both wins, then they lose three straight at the Eagles versus the Rams versus the Eagles. Finishing with an 8-9 record, the Cowboys finished with an 11-6 record. Commanders, week one against the Cardinals, week two at the Broncos, both wins. Bills loss, Eagles loss, Bears, Falcons wins, Giants, Eagles loss, Patriots, Seahawks, Giants, Dallas wins, Dolphins loss, 14, week 14 is their bye, uh, 15 at the Rams win, Jets, 49ers, Cowboys losses, finishing 9-8. So this record, or this division, Goes Eagles at 13 and 4, Cowboys at 10 and 7, Commanders at 9 and 8, Giants at 8 and 9. So going to the NFC North, Packers at Bears loss, Falcons, Saints wins, Lions loss, Raiders win. Week 6 is their bye. Week 7 is the Broncos win, Vikings win, Rams win, Steelers, Chargers loss, Lions win. So they split with the Lions. Chiefs, Giants loss. Bucks, Panthers wins, Vikings loss, Bears win. So split with everybody in the north. So every, there's a bunch of divisions in here that they all just split with each other. Just could not come to who should be favored in those games. So went ahead and split them with a lot of the divisions, even though it probably won't happen. But either way, uh, let's see. Going to the Bears now. Uh, week one at the Packers win, or first the Packers, excuse me, win. Bucks win, Chiefs loss, Broncos win, Commanders loss, Vikings, Raiders win, Chargers, Saints loss, Panthers win, Lions, Vikings loss, then they have their bye, then they come off their bye, lose to the Lions, beat the Browns and the Cardinals, and lose to the Falcons and Packers in their season at 8 and 9. Going now to the Lions, week 1 at the Chiefs, gotta be a loss. And then they go on a five-game win streak. Seahawks, Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Bucks, all wins. Ravens loss. Raiders win. 
Chargers lost, Bears win, Packers win, Saints lost, Bears win, Broncos win, Vikings, Cowboys lost, then the Vikings, they pick up a win going 11-6. and six. I do want to talk about the Lions for just a minute. This team is very scary to me um, <laughs> as far as I don't really know how well they're going to do actually having expectations. This is the first time in a long time that a Lions team actually has some expectations going into the year. So I'm very, 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 very scared putting them at 11 and 6, especially since I took all this time. But this roster is stacked. That coaching staff is really good. You just, I, I don't see them finishing anywhere below this. I, I just, I can't, you know, like they can, they can go 7 and what, 7 and 10. It wouldn't surprise me. They could go 13 and 4 and it wouldn't surprise me. This team is that good. Uh, finishing off the NFC North with the Vikings. So, uh, first the Buccaneers loss, Eagles chart, or excuse me, first the Bucks win, Eagles Chargers loss, Panthers wins, Chiefs, Bears, 49ers, Packers, all losses. Then they beat the Falcons, lose to the Saints and the Broncos, beat the Bears, uh, then they go week 13, they're by, uh, week 14, Raiders win, week 15, Bengals loss, Lions, Packers, both wins, and Lions loss, so. Vikings sit there at seven and ten. Um, they're a very hard team to predict. Their defense is terrible, and their offense is among the best in the league. So, you never know with this with uh, Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins. So, this feels a very, very, very low. But that defense is again is terrible. So, before we go back to commercial break, the division rankings: Lions eleven and six, Packers ten and seven, Bears nine and eight, Vikings seven and ten. So, the Lions end up winning that division with eleven total wins. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. All right, got two more divisions here. Going to the NFC West, starting with the 49ers. We have the them going on a massive one streak. Steelers, Rams, Giants, Cardinals, Cowboys, Browns, Vikings, all wins. All wins. So they start the season, what is that, 3-6-7-0. and oh. Then they lose back-to-back. They lose to the Bengals in Week 8. Week 9, they have their bye. They lose that as well. Just kidding. And then Week 10, they have the Jaguars. So back-to-back games. They lose. Buccaneers, Seahawks, wins. Eagles, loss. Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens, all wins. Commanders, I have them at a very sneaky win against the 49ers. Let me see. Did I have that for my Commanders one? I did not. So, oh well. But again, doing these, uh, riding them is very, very, very tough. And then I have the Rams, them winning. I have them sweeping the Rams. Uh, I think sweeping the entire division. Uh, minus maybe the Seahawks. Nope. Sweeping the entire division, going 13-4. and four. Rams. Uh, this Rams team, I think, is going to be pretty decent. Uh, this is obviously my favorite team, so try not to throw any shade or – I don't mean shade, but any bias towards them. You know, I, I try to look at them as a face value team. Um, they can be very bad, but they can also be pretty decent. This is a very young team, so uh, just keep that in mind. This week – weeks one to five are very tough. So Seahawks, 49ers, Bengals, all losses. Week four at the Colts, that's a win. Week five versus the Eagles, that's a loss. Two wins back-to-back against the Cardinals and the Steelers. Back-to-back losses to the Cowboys and the Packers. Three wins in a row, Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, wins. Uh, Ravens loss, Commanders, Saints, Giants win, and 49ers loss, finishing at 9-8. and eight. 
Uh, Arizona Cardinals, easy, 0-17. I don't see this team beating anybody. It's the NFL. I doubt that they go 0-17. But it's it's going to be very tough for me to see the, the, the Cardinals beating anybody. I don't trust their coach. Kyler Murray may be out for the entire season. This just this is not a good recipe for the uh, for the Cardinals. Seahawks, uh, Rams win, Lions loss, Panthers, Giants wins, Bengals loss, Cardinals win, Browns win, Ravens loss, Commanders win, Rams, 49ers loss, Cowboys win, 49ers, Eagles loss, Titans, Steelers, Cardinals all wins, ending their season at 9 and 8. Now looking at the division rankings, the Steelers are, whoa, what am I talking about? 49ers, 13 and 4, Seahawks, uh, 10 and 7. Excuse me, I don't mean 9 and 8, I meant 10 and 7. Rams 9 and 8, Cardinals 0 and 17. Now finally, the NFC South, probably the worst division in all of football. Uh, not going to sugarcoat that at all and shouldn't be too big of a surprise to anybody. First overall pick, Bryce Young going with the Panthers. Falcons lost, Saints win, Seahawks, Vikings, Lions, Dolphins, all losses. So they go to their bye at week 7 at 1 and 6. Or excuse me, 1 and 5, I apologize. Week 8 at the end of Texans and the Colts wins. Bears, Cowboys loss. Titans, Bucks win. Saints loss. Falcons win. Packers, Jaguars losses and Bucks win. So I have the Panthers at 7 and 10. Going to the Bucks, I do not have them being very good at all. So Buccaneers, here we go. Lost to the Vikings, Bears, Eagles, Saints. Then they have their bye. Then they lose to the Lions, the Falcons, the Bills, the Texans, the Titans, the 49ers. Then they lose. Then it's the Colts with the win. Then the Panthers, Falcons, Packers, Jaguars, all losses. Saints win. Panthers loss going 2-15. and 15. Man, yeah, it's going to be very, very, very tough uh, for the Buccaneers. I don't trust Baker Mayfield. I don't touch that co- trust that coaching staff. Again, 2-15 seems a little low, but when I went through and I looked at all their records, this is just that's just where I had them. You know, I tried to make it, um, you know, not too crazy for any team, but there's just a couple of teams on here that I, I don't trust, um, you know, at all. So going now to the Falcons. Um, Falcons, week one against the Panthers, that's a loss, and they lose to the Packers, lose to the Lions, lose to the Jags, beat the Texans, lose to the Commanders, beat the Bucks, beat the Titans, lose to the Vikings, beat the Cardinals, and they have their bye. Saints law or Saints win, Jets loss, Bucks win, Panthers loss, Colts Bears win, and Saints loss, finishing nine and eight. And right now, that's good enough to win this division. We have one team left. Let's see what the Saints do. Uh, the Titans, Panthers, and Packers lose um, are all losses to the Saints. Bucks win, Pats, Texans, Jaguars, Colts all losses. Bears, Vikings win. Then they have their bye. Then they lose to the Falcons. They beat the Lions, beat the Panthers, lose to the Giants, lose to the Rams, beat the Bucks and the Falcons going 7-10. and 10. So the Falcons, they win that division at 9-8. and eight. The Saints come in second at 7-10. and 10. Panthers come in second at 7 or come in third at 7-10. and 10. The Bucks go 2-15. and 15. So um, now let's take a look at the standings. The one-seeded Eagles at thir- at 14 and 3 I believe is what I had them at. I should have put their record down there and I did not. They are at 13 and 4. I apologize. Oh, let me look again. I need to go through and do some maintenance on this. Yes, I had them at 13 and 4. Um 
Two-seeded 49ers, they get the two-seed because they lost to the Eagles. Three-seeded Lions at 11-6. Four-seeded Falcons at 9-8. Five-seeded Cowboys at 9-8. Six-seeded Seahawks at 9-8. And and seven-seeded Packers. Or excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. The Seahawks and the Packers are 10-7. and The first team out is the Rams. So, again, go to theschemefit.com. Read my article. I give you... An in-depth look at all the game or at the season and why I have this team finishing with this record. If you don't agree with it, let me know in the comments. But man, 235 days. It was great to be back. Be on the lookout for yet another podcast. We'll go through my entire articles that I've done. Um, we'll go to the AFC predicting that one next. Um, and yeah, it's been great. Love talking to you. Love being back. And uh, I'll catch you next time. Peace.